welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Doc Podcast. We are on episode 27. It's been a little break, but we're back, and I'm back with my co-host, Antakul. What's going on, man? Not that much, bro. Like, I like how you say I've been on a little break, but it's literally only probably been like a week. <laughs> really? <laughs> that's, that's normal for most podcasts. <laughs> it feels like it's been a while, because I'm used to recording. I ain't, like... I don't know. I felt like we hit a streak where I was just putting out stuff like every other day. Dude, you did that like that one week. We uh, you did how many? Like four? Yeah, they like three. I did like three or four in a week. Well, I recorded three or four in a week, but yeah, it was uh my birthday week, so I didn't feel like working too hard, so I didn't. So we you know chilled out this week. Birthday was was pretty cool, and uh. But we're back. We're back to to regularly scheduled programming, regularly scheduled life. Back to fights, people getting uh kicked and punched in the face, people getting hard hitting questions. Right. <laughs> so I have one for you. All right. Actually, to start us off here. So um I saw an advertisement for UFC Fight Night 111 uh Singapore. Mhm. I think it is. Yeah, like Kayong, Kalong, Singapore. So I have a question for you. Alright. Uh, on a scale of Dana White saying he could take Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell in a fight, <laughs> to, what, what's the dude's name who's about to be in the NBA? With, with the dad who... Oh, Lonzo Ball. <laughs> on, a, on a scale of Dana White saying he could take Lonzo Ball's... Uh, no. On a scale of Dana White saying he could take Tito Ortiz and... Um, Chuckle down a fight to Lonzo Ball's dad saying he's a better player than Michael Jordan. Where does Betch Cohea selling herself as a knockout artist rank <laughs> on the like just completely <laughs> bold face lying to the fans? Oh man. Alright. Um, or, or should I say delusional? Alright. So um so, Betch has, like, two knockouts to her name. One of them is shit. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, she has, like, two knockouts to her name. Was it Shayna Baszler, who, at that point in her career, was, like, falling apart physically? Yeah. And who, I'm actually surprised, able to go, like, have actual matches in, like, professional wrestling. Because that seems grueling. And, um, another was to this flyweight named... Juliet de Souza. You fought at Flower? I didn't know that. Betch? Yeah. Oh wait, was it Betch? Wait. It says here that it was a knockout, but it says on topology that it was a decision loss. Oh. Uh oh. Well, e- either way she's not a knockout artist. Yeah, so <laughs> how how All right. delusional is she? Uh see where this hierarchy goes. 
Alright, so just so there's no confusion for people who don't know. So Lonzo Ball is the kid, so I don't blame him, but LeVar Ball is the dad who thinks he can beat everybody in basketball. I'm going to put LeVar at one, saying that he can take Jordan one-on-one. -on -one. Um, uh, I've, I've never even seen footage of LeVar playing basketball, so I'm just going to go, that's number one. So now i got to go a tie, not a tie, so i got to figure out what's worse, Betch being a knockout artist. Oh, so the girl that she beat, was it, it was her second pro fight. Hmm. She's a 115-pounder. She's 5'4", and she's now currently 5-7 and seven in her pro career and has been stopped five times. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you know Most what? By submission. I'm going to have to put... All right, if I'm going to rank these three, yeah, LeVar Ball goes one, Betch probably goes two, and Dana goes three. And uh, the thing with Dana is that <laughs> sometimes I don't even believe Dana believes what he's saying. Like, I think he just says stuff just to say it. Uh, dude, he's, like, since this bio, he's just been just, like, full Donald Trump mode. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like uh, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm giving him too much benefit of the doubt. But, like, deep down, I, I feel like he knows what he's saying is just nonsense, but he's just being Dana. But Betch probably believes that. Like, See, and I can respect that because it's her job to believe it. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. It's not true. <laughs> yeah, no. And you got KO'd by Ronda. I mean, like, do you, do you think she like sits down to her coaches like when they're game planning, and she's just like, "All right, how do I like? What, what's the quickest way for me to right, land his right hand so we can put her away?" Her coaches <laughs> look her like. I think this is a part of her, I don't know, maybe she's trying to... Hey, she's, this feels real. It doesn't feel like, oh, I'm putting on airs for the fans, and I'm trying to sell a fight. It, she, it feels like she thinks she can knock, like she's a knock, not that she can knock people out, but that she has knocked people out before, and in like massive numbers. So, uh -huh. I don't know, you fans, you guys decide. She's trying to get that title shot. She's trying to talk her way up. I mean, she already did, and it didn't work out for her. Yeah, it did, it did not. It did not. Maybe, yeah. Is she, home, is she the only home. one who's been... That, is that Ronda's only KO? Uh, She technically knocked out Alexis Davis. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. Also, Sarah McMahon. But those were like... That was like ground and pound, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. Like, this, like, this is the only, like, one punch... Like, standing one punch... Like, yeah, she's just straight up dead. <laughs> yeah, bet you gotta, you gotta. That was I mean, a tra that was a tragedy. If Ronda had actually gone to a good striking coach, and maybe been a little bit more, um, I don't know, like willing to learn, she probably would have been half decent striker. Probably would have knocked out a lot more women. She might still be champ. <laughs> she, she is. She might be the hardest puncher in the division. Like and she still the like and she has no like just think, like she has no proper like weight transfer in her punches like they're all shoulder punches and arm punches and she still might be the hardest puncher in the division like her only competition is Amanda Nunes. Man, but yeah, I mean, hey, I you gotta believe in yourself. <laughs> I guess sometimes you gotta lie to yourself. Hey, man. Whatever works for you, I guess as long as you're winning, it works. But um, uh, yeah, once you start losing, you might wanna 
you might want to reconsider. <laughs> you might want to rethink that over. But hey, man, this not everybody. Be... Not everybody can just like say crazy shit and just make it happen. You know. Yeah. Hey, she's she's trying to speak it into existence. There's a, so far the only person who's ever done that is Connor. Uh, that's a whole <laughs> that's a whole nother discussion he, he wills things into happening and it's the most bizarre hilarious thing ever know. we'll we'll see if he can will this Floyd fight into happening which I if, still don't believe if he can will himself into like knocking Floyd out <laughs> if he does if he knocks if that fight happens and he knocks Floyd out I'll never talk ill of Connor ever again you won't have to Connor will freaking talk for himself. Yeah, you, you don't have to be nice. <laughs> he will. He will never let anybody in boxing or MMA live it down. <laughs> it will be hilarious. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, speaking of knockouts and KOs, um, yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll just jump right into this card. Uh, UFC Fight Night 109. Sweden. Which came on at, uh, what time does the card start? 10 o'clock. Yeah, 10 o'clock. And I missed most of it because I went out on a second day of a B-Day celebration of me and a friend of mine. So I had to rewatch all the fights the next day. But uh, I had a friend send me the gif of this KO and then I watched the fight the next day. Um, I'll say as a Gus, as a Gus fan, for the most part, I was, I was pretty happy. It, it, well, it, it was just bittersweet for me, cause I'm a Gus fan, but like I love Glover, cause Glover just seems like a really, you know, like he's an awesome fighter. But he just seems like the nicest dude in the world. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, so like just seeing him get kind of battered like that was kind of hard to watch. And but props to him because he he ate a lot of uppercuts. Yeah. I mean, really, he ate a lot of punches in general, but the. The, like, flick jab to uppercut combo that Gustafson threw (laughs) an endless number of times and probably landed it at least 85, 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. Just busted Glover up. Um, Yeah, man, Gus Gus looked pretty good. He looked pretty confident. Hands were, hand speed was was definitely good. Like I said, the, the uppercut was the money shot pretty much. The the one thing he did do though that I I hope he never does again but I, I know he will the the turning and running I'm not a fan and it's and not it's not because I think he's running from the fight it's just because when you turn and you're not looking at your opponent at all bad things can happen. See, <laughs> I, I'm really happy you brought this up because if I if I started off there'd be a lot more like anger and cursing and stuff <laughs> like when when Gustaf when Gustafson goes first. When he, when he is the one to initiate a, uh, like an exchange, when he is coming forward, when he is at range, he's as good as it gets in MMA, basically. Hey, it's just putting combinations together, getting guys to like duck into his uppercut or you know stay online for um for for the uh, right hand, but when he is pressured. It's when he loses fights. That, that's how he loses fights. Besides, like, the Johnson fight. But he lost the Daniel Cormier fight. I want to say solely, but, like, 
he would have won the judge's decision if not for this one technique or not even technique it's like this one um reset where he try where he does this where he ducks his right turns face and just runs away and it's mind-boggling because he was an amateur boxer at one point he was a pretty damn good one and you know he didn't learn it there right <laughs> because you can't do that in boxing because the, the corners are 90 degree angles like this was trained this was trained into him by somebody at all stars and they were like okay if you ever get backed against the cage you don't want to be there because you know the, the wrestlers and uh, all these clinch fighters and you're a boxer and blah 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 and so what you're gonna do is you're gonna freaking turn or you're gonna turn all the way around expose your back and just run as fast as you can to the center <laughs> like that's the thing he even, he, he, like half the time he was even running to like the center of the octagon like Glover would chase him a little bit so he would run along the edge of the octagon until like Glover just gave up or like got tired and had to stop so he could run back to the center and he and, got like, caught a couple of times too. Like, yeah, like in the second round before Glover got dropped, like Glover was like wising, wising uh, up. He was landing. Like, I want to say there was like a good three or four punch combination that Glover landed, where he caught him with a hook as he was trying to escape, and like Gustafson didn't see it coming, so it automatically he covers up, and Glover was able to push him into the cage and land like two or three more punches. Before uh, Gus was able to like break it off, and like there are a million and one different things that you can do to get out of that situation. You know, you can initiate the clinch and turn around. You can shoot for a takedown as they try to close distance. You you can pivot, which is something we know we know he knows how to do because then the freaking the last sequence of the fight, where he slipped a punch, where he throws three uppercuts in a row with the same hand, slips a punch. Uh, after stepping and pivoting, and lands the right and lands the punch that ends the fight. Yeah, like we know he knows how to do these things. I, I don't know why he doesn't do them when he's pressured. And we know like it's not a cowardice thing; it's something he's obviously trained. Yeah, it's like it's like a habit that he just. I don't it's know. Even, it's not even a habit. <laughs> it's like it, it, it is a part of his game plan. At this point, like it's mind-boggling. The, uh, he's just wasting more energy. He's giving up like attempts to counter and put his opponents back on the gauge. And I, 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 it's I don't get the tr- I don't get the trade-off. And the, the thing, like after the DC fight, they should have known not to do it. Like this is legitimately the thing that cost him the DC fight because this is where DC was able to close the distance and like launch like 30 uppercuts in the clinch and put Gustafson against the cage because he kept trying to duck out and like run so like other than that it was like a, a yeah, picture perfect other performance picture perfect fight yeah but yeah that but that one hole is it's a glaring hole like you and, have to fix that and it's the thing, like it's the thing he can get away with like heavyweight because everybody else is like heavyweights like Glover, where they're like these slow, move, like moving, plodding type fighters. Like even Jimmy Manu was like that, and we think of Jimmy Manu was like this fast switch, explosive dude who can knock you out with one punch. But like, then you have DC and then you have Jones and like, 
Yeah, you can't make that, those mistakes against <laughs> against them. You can't do that. Yeah, like they, they will exploit that. They're Jones is long enough and fast enough, and DC is fast enough and smart enough where they're going to see you turning your back and realize, oh, this man is in no position to hurt me, so I can literally just go buck wild on him, and there's nothing you can do to stop me right. except run. And it, it looks bad to the judges. Like, I I don't I don't get the trade off. Yeah, that was the only thing in this fight that kind of like irked me every time he did it. Like, but if, if it wasn't for this one thing, Alexander Gustafson would be champion right now. Probably. <laughs> that's that's kind of the most frustrating thing. Is like you look at the rest of this fight, and it's just like there were some combos he was landing. Like I think it was I don't know if it was like round two or round three. Where he, he did a, like twenty punch combo. Man, like he did a it was a spinning back like it was spinning back elbow or fist, and then he followed that up with like a left right left right left like it was like an eighty hit <laughs> like it was like a Tekken combo. Yeah, and he was, landed every bit of it. Yeah, it was it was it was gorgeous to watch. And I props to Glover. I don't know how there were a couple combos that he ate that I I just don't know how he stayed up or got back up from. Yeah, like he he took a lot of punishment in this fight, but yeah, other than Gus turning his back and running like this, this was a picture you can't ask for a better fight. And you mentioned it earlier that that finishing combination, I've rewatched that last clip <laughs> so many times. I can't think of another time I've seen a, uh, like in boxing, kickboxing, or MMA where I've seen like a guy just land three uppercuts in a row to finish a fight like that. <laughs> Like, yeah, that, that's some shit you dream about, right? Like on the heavy bag, like, like you know, you, you don't actually do do it on the pads because your coach is like, "That's never gonna happen," right? <laughs> but he, I think though, with his uppercut, he does a good job of like, there's no, there's not a lot of wind up. There's like, no wind up. He doesn't get too low on it. Yeah, and, and um, he throw he throw the way he throws it. It's not like an up and down type thing like a lot of boxing gyms teach nowadays. It, it, it's an angled thing where it goes out, and you can see Glover was trying to like back out of a lot of the uppercuts, and they were still like landing because um, Gus wasn't putting them on an angle where they would come up; it was, they would go up and out. So they would still catch it because Glover would move his head off the line, and right. Gus would just land up, just continually land them, and uh, Glover had no answer. That and especially with the last three, like. He flicks the jab out really quick too, and it's not even like a real jab. It's it's kind of like a, I feel like it's kind of just to distract you a little bit. It's just, just to, to get a reaction, right? And then the uppercut's right behind that, and then and it, it's it's so fast, like yeah, it, that that finishing sequence was was beautiful, and then the right hand to end it, and it was kind of sad seeing Glover on the floor like that, but that that finishing KO sequence was awesome. And yeah, then he proposes to his girlfriend. Probably, oh yeah, <laughs> like that's probably going to be like KO of the year. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. That's that's up there. Like, oh god. Uh oh yeah. I feel like we should give the the people a disclaimer. I meant to do this in the beginning. Yeah. Um. So there's there was a freak electrical storm going on. So now it's a thunderstorm, and um. I live in the attic. 
<laughs> so if my if the my internet goes out or I drop out the call, you know why. All right. Well, uh, we'll hope that doesn't happen. Hopefully, Mother Nature chills out. <laughs> but in case she doesn't, uh. Oh crap! It's only on the front part of my house. Hey, I'm looking out the back window now. <laughs> <laughs> There's one cloud, and it's just right, it's sitting right there, and it's not moving. Oh man! But I mean, um, it has to start and end somewhere. Why not over my house? <laughs> but awesome uh, fight for Gus. Um, I'm pretty sure this probably sets up a title shot. Like yeah, um, like um. So they announced today, or yes, today, today. Jimmy Manuel versus uh, the winner of the next fight that we're going to talk about, uh, Vulcan Ozdemir, hmm. for uh, UFC 214. Same card as uh, Jones DC2. What I think will happen is Manuel's on that card in case DC or Jones can't make it. And should he pull out, and should like one of them pull out, he's obviously the guy who's gonna step in and fill in. Right. But Gus is going to get the next title shot if they both make it to the date. All right. Because he's 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 the bigger money fight on pay per view. Right. So like if DC somehow pulls it out and beats Jones, he goes on to fight like Gus again. Or if Jones wins, they do the Alexander Gustafson jones fight that they wanted to do like three years ago that's what i've been waiting for i know the hype has died down a little bit but i've, I've been dying to see that rematch so that's that's the fight i, I want to happen but mma is a crazy sport you kind of never know <laughs> you still got two months before like john jones is literally probably just starting camp right he, he, like and he tends to do like his stupidest crap while in camp so yeah, there's it's, time it's, for things to go bad. Yeah, it's, it's time for shit to fall apart. But I will I will say my prayers to the MMA gods every night that we keep Jones safe, at least for these next two months. Just just <laughs> John Jones, who's like the only person on planet Earth who thinks he wasn't like doping. <laughs> uh, uh, like John Jones literally thinks that nobody in the world thinks that he's like doping, or he was doping. Yeah. So we'll, I find that shit hilarious. We'll see. I hope he keeps it together, man. Just for the sake of, for the sake of that division <laughs> and its future. For the sake of MMA, because he's, yeah, now that Ron is, he's good. He's the second biggest draw the sport has. Right. And like the Gus fight, uh, not the Gus. Well, the Gus and uh, the um, what's his name DC fight should do bank. Right, so yeah, we we like we, we kind of need you, Jones. We need yeah, those, you to. Those fights might be the only ones to. The, the, those cards might be the only ones this year to break like five hundred thousand. Right. So and yeah. I mean, it would be a good. Well, I guess you know, it'd be a pretty good story. Hopefully, if he actually has his life together this time, but I mean, he doesn't. <laughs> like he he could he could still make it to fight night. You, like you know, he's going to go home and like do coke. Hey man, as long as you can make it to fight night, whatever you do in your off time, as long like, as you don't I, get I, cut. I straight up don't give a fuck if John Jones is coke. 
Like he's yeah. he, he's young and he's a millionaire. You do whatever the fuck he wants. Like, right. Just make it to fight night. That's that's like, all I care. That's all I ask. Don't of you. fucking get high and drive your car into a pregnant woman's car. Yes. And like, what? Like, how? What time of day was it? Eleven like <laughs> o'clock in the morning. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, just don't. Just go fight and just go home and don't go anywhere. To get people yeah. to get your groceries for you. Don't leave your house. Just stay in a bubble and stay out of trouble. Yeah. Yeah. But uh awesome awesome fight for Gus. Congrats on I, I guess his soon to be uh marriage. And uh pretty sure we'll still see Glover again. That was a I mean, pretty pretty brutal beating, but I'll I'll still stand behind Glover is he might lose to Gus, but he still beats like ninety eight percent of that division. I mean, but ninety eight percent of that division is trash. So yeah, but yeah, hey, he, hey. He, he equals out. Yeah, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> like Glover to share, uh, like I guess the line for Glover to share nowadays would be like Jimmy Manua. Like can Glover to share beat Jimmy Manua? Right. And he, <laughs> it, it wouldn't surprise me if the answer is yes. <laughs> But uh, yeah, shout out, shout out, shout out to Glover, man. Still, still a, still a big fan and tough as well, shit. Yeah, really, really tough dude. Uh, it's funny how from the main event to the co-main event, how much the star power kind of drops off. <laughs> I, I mean, I like to point out, Vulcan Ozdemir has one fight in the UFC. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what more do you want of this man? <laughs> so, co-main event. We got uh, Vulcan Ozdemir versus Misha Shurganov. So Misha was ranked fifth? Seventh. Seventh. Something like that. He and... was ranked below Vulcan Ozdemir. I'd like to point that out. Heading into this fight, Vulcan Ozdemir, one fight in the UFC, was ranked ahead of Misha Shurganov. Not unjustly because he came in on like nine days notice and beat a guy who was ranked above Misha Shurganov in Oven St. Peru. He earned his stripes. I mean, yeah, I guess. I, I, you see, I, I, I've never gotten over the fact that I wa- I sat there and watched Vulcan Ozdemir get, like, neck cranked by Kelly Anunson Anunson in Bellator, like, three years ago. So that's why he's always kind of been, like, a, it's like a running gag with me. <laughs> hey, man, he's... He came in tonight... Or that night, I should say. Uh, he won by a phantom punch. That's what I'm going to call it. Um, I'm just saying. <laughs> one and one in Bellator versus guys not in title competition. 2-0 and oh in UFC versus guys in the top 10. <laughs> hey, man. Ra- rising, to the, rising to the occasion. <laughs> the man is a beast. <laughs> the man is a beast. He shows up when it matters. He, he he shows up when when he, he shows up and he shows out. He, he does. Volkan Ozdemir knocked Misha Serkinov out in this fight in 28 seconds with the only punch he landed in the entire <laughs> fight. And just to paint a picture for people who didn't see it, yeah, like Misha threw 98 percent of the punches. Like he came out pretty aggressive. Yeah, he was and, on his, he was on his Fabrice over Doom. Yeah, he was he was trying to go for the kill and he ended the fight with a blitz. Uh, Ozdemir's back was against the cage. He just kind of weaved out the way for a brief second. Through, I think it was like a kind of, I think it was like an overhand right or like it a right was, hook. It was a right hook, right over, right past um, 
Oh, right behind Misha Serkinov's left shoulder that landed right behind his left ear that put him out instantly. Instantly. And if you had not, if you did not sit there for the replay, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see it. You wouldn't see it. Like, what was that KO? It was like Tim Sylvia, Paul Blatanello or something like that. <laughs> Andre Olowski. That's the one. Andre, Andre Olowski knocks out Paul Blatanello and like no one sees it. It was like that. It literally, it looked like... It, it looked like Misha Serkinov face planted for no reason. Right. It was like one of those, like, old kung fu movies, like, when they do, like, the death touch. <laughs> like, you hit, like, a vital organ and you just shut down. Right. Like, like that's... It, it was <laughs> not a devastating punch that knocked out. It wasn't at all. It, it, it looked like, it was like a tap. Punch. Like, he tapped him on the side of his head and he just, he just died. Like, that was it. Yeah. And now he's not... Too far from a title shot. He is one fight <laughs> from a title shot, to be exact. He is one Jimmy Manuel away from a Wait. title shot. Like that's, and, and this is in part because Misha Serkinov is not a well. I want to say he's not a very technical striker. He's a functional striker, and I think his game plan here was to force the clinch with Ozdemir. Get him against the cage, force the clinch, and like try to take him down from there. It just backfired because you know you blitz somebody and they know what they're doing, and, and you get child and death touched. Yeah, and that's life happens. That's, yeah, it did. Life happens really fast. <laughs> um, right over your temple. Right. <laughs> yeah, not really much else to say about that fight. To be honest, I mean, it was only we we could talk about the implications. Yeah, so so you said Vulcan gets Manuel next. Yeah, Vulcan gets Manuel next. Manuel next, and if he wins, like that's crazy. Yeah, like I mean, though for for him, that's awesome. Like legit, this dude came in in what March? I want to say right, like (laughs) no February. He he came in in no, he came in in late January, literally in late January on. Then, like, nine days later, gets Osvin St. Prue, beats him, and now, uh, and after this win, where he's only in the cage for, like, 30 seconds, he's in a, basically a number one contenders match. Hey, man, that's, if he somehow pulls the win off against Manoa, <laughs> that's gotta be, like, the fastest... Maybe not the fastest, but people don't ride the title shots that quick. Yeah. I will say this. This officially proves to me that light heavyweight is worse than flyweight. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think anybody would argue uh, yeah, that. No, think, no disrespect to anybody at 205. but would argue, man. But, um, you know, you know us who came in and beat two top ten dudes in the first six months of the promotion? Oh. Brandon Moreno. Hey. Not only did he beat him, he finished both of them. He submitted them both. And I... Uh, uh, this is me having sour grapes, I guess, but... Like, we're st- like people talk about him like he's still... my Like, way... At, uh, he's, like, far away from a title shot. About to fight his third top 10 dude. And if he beats he, him, like, what else is left? Yeah, he's right. <laughs> like, I forgot, who, who, does, who does he have next? Sergio Pat. Sergio, yeah. So Sergio, I'm looking at the ranking now. So Sergio's right above him. Moreno's at seven. Sergio's at six. Yeah, I mean, if he beats Sergio, I mean, I mean 
they they they're not gonna do Cejudo. Benavides Torres ACL is gone for six months to a year. So other than that, you have Wilson Hayes and Formiga. And I'm like, at that point, at that point, why bother? Yeah, at that point, just give Moreno the title shot. Like, yeah, like throw a young guy in there, and it's see. not like a, there's no there's no value to be had having him have to be like Wilson Hayes. Right. Hey man, yeah, yeah. Flyweight's definitely more stacked than two hundred five. At, at least because the UFC let half their two hundred five division leave. <laughs> right. In, in part because they're really boring to watch, but still. Man, this really is depleted. Ostamir, Corey Anderson, who I just feel like I kind of forgot about until I started looking at this. Like Corey Anderson is a top ten fighter by virtue of white heavyweight being really bad. Man. Like he is so green and so far from being like good. It's yeah. Hey man, shout out to Ozdemir. I mean, if they, they they traded Corey Anderson, Phil Davis for Corey Anderson. I'm just saying. <laughs> they are. Uh, I ain't gonna say the mirror images, but yeah, yeah cause Phil I'm Davis not... can wrestle. Yeah, yeah, and like submit people sometimes. Maybe. <laughs> but, hey, man. Shout-outs to Ozdemir. He's putting in work. He, he show, when, when the bat symbol shows up in the sky, he's there. Shout-outs to he, Kelly Edmondson. UFC, you should sign him. Book the rematch. Let's get this <laughs> shit going. Put him in the way of the title shot. Yeah. He's the, he's the, last, he's the last boss. He hasn't fought in, like, three. He hasn't fought since um the McGeary fight. Damn. Ooh. That sucks. It's like thir- nah. He was only 29. God, McGeary. That's... Uh, what happened, man? Uh, oh, God. I don't like... You live the life of, of a champ, bro. Even if it's like a, like a B-team champ. It's like the uh, guys who win the, trip, like the AAA um, title in like, baseball and just like <laughs> fade away. Because they're like, I accomplished everything I've <laughs> <laughs> But I'm I'm not even gonna get in the shout out to Liam McGeary. Shout out to Liam McGeary. But, if, you uh, have, if you haven't seen it, go see his like my life thing that he did for Bellator, the animated thing. It, it's hilarious. Uh, I hope he can find his way back. But that, that, that's that's another story for another day. <laughs> uh, rolling on to this next fight. Uh, we got Peter Sabata and Ben Saunders. Yeah, not not a whole lot, honestly, to say about this fight. Um, I, I will say that Peter Sabata is officially in that, like, welterweight mid-tier class where everybody's just really violent, but they can't break through the top 15 <laughs> for some reason. So they're just like, we, we, they, they have to fight one another. To like to try and break the fight to top fifteen. Oh, so he's like I mean, means now. I don't even. I guess yeah. I guess he's yeah. I guess you could kind of throw him up up there. I mean yeah. This was for all intents and purposes. Uh, this this fight definitely did have moments of spurts of violence. Actually, I think he dropped Saunders like out the gate. I think yeah, he dropped him the first round. He, yeah, he, like, he, I, he I dropped him. Thought it was over. <laughs> Yeah, he he dropped them within like the first couple of seconds, and then they kind of 
feel like but after the first drop wasn't a whole lot going after that pretty much Sabata just kind of throwing one yeah throwing one two Saunders kind of I don't know I felt like he was kind of I don't know if the word I want to say lazy I don't know like Ben Saunders has always been awkward and it feels like he's fighting at half speed because he's not very yeah like there wasn't a whole lot of offense really going and then the times where he did show offense he he was repaid with left hooks. Uh, yeah. Case in point, the second time he got dropped in the first, he threw a a body kick and Sabata countered with a left and dropped him, and that kind of became the. That's the story of Ben Saunders' career. Those are kicking gets knocked down. Like, yeah, it, it, I'm like ninety percent sure that's how both the Douglas Lima knockouts. Happened. <laughs> <laughs> and those are some violent. I mean, this one was this one wasn't that. Actually, no, this one was kind of bad too. Dude, so, he got need that. Yeah. So the second round, just to describe, it wasn't a whole lot going on up until, like I said, it was kind of a lot of Sabata putting on pressure, throwing some one two. Sonder just Saunders just kind of being a, a bit lackadaisical. For, I mean, like much, he, he probably was not all there. In yeah. And then he he threw a kick. He got. Countered pretty viciously. Um, he got put on Queer Street for a little bit. He tried to survive. Uh, eventually, he ate a knee. <laughs> like, it looked like he got rocked, and then like he tried to like back away. He stumbled a little bit as he was backing away, and like somebody just threw a knee. And, like halfway flying, halfway he can't really jump that high, so it didn't... <laughs> right. <laughs> but it, it put him down. And, oh yeah, no, he, yeah. he was out. Yeah, at that point, the rough. And, uh, well, uh, he some... wasn't even out. He, like, he got back up, but he was, like, clearly, like, just, like, fighting. Yeah. Like... Yeah, like, he had taken so much punishment up to that point that there was no, there was, I, I didn't have any problem with the stoppage. Like, he, he took, yeah. he was taking a beating at that point. It really was, there was nothing else to see in that fight. He, like... yeah. I, I'm I'm a, I, I like Saunders, but, yeah, there was, there was no, after the knee, there was nothing else to see. Like, like that was. Saunders is not. I'm trying to remember, um, cause I think he got cut, won a fight, and then came back. But he has not looked good the last like three or four times I've seen him. I know he's won like two of those, but still he he didn't look good. And I'm starting to wonder if keeping him around is a good idea for his health, anyway. Yeah, he hasn't been the most. The most, I guess you could say, like consistent since he's came back. Well, it's not even just like consistency; it's, it's like quality of performance. Because he'll he'll still win fights and just not look good. You know. Yeah, and then in a division like this, you can't have fights like, like like that. Like there was no, I don't know. Like I felt like he didn't really have. There was no like sense of urgency. Like there was no, I don't know. I don't know if maybe after just the first time he got dropped, maybe he just was out of it right after that. But like there was just no, there was no um, there was yeah, and like he was just there, like no knock on Peter Sabata, but like he, Peter Sabata's not a dude who does this to people, you know. He, he's not a guy who's gonna go out there and just like beat the crap out of you and drop you like five times in a fight. Hey, that tells me Saunders probably his chin is probably not in a good place. 
and considering his fight style and like the fact that every fight's going to be a war, it's probably not a good thing for him. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't really have much <laughs> else to say other than that. I mean, like, props to Sabato though. That was a that was a nice violent performance. Yeah, a, a nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that probably does put him in that, like you said, that middle tier of people who just kind of go out there and scrap and hope that they can get enough consistency to get in the top 15, but they're probably just outside of that window yeah. on, the, on the outside looking in. They're, they're like Alan Joban trying to beat Gunnar Nelson. Like, right. Like, he can, but like he won't. Because that's not what you're meant for, man. No. I'm sorry, Alan Joban. <laughs> <laughs> but... Solid, solid, uh, solid performance from him. Uh, vicious knee, pretty vicious knee. Um, so yeah, shout outs to him. Ben Saunders, as far as the future, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure what what's next or if there even needs to be a next. But I guess we'll 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 see what happens. Um, this next fight, I guess we can briefly kind of glaze over this. All right, let me try not to butcher these names. Omari Akhmedov. And Abdul Rasak Al Hassan. Um, so the first time I watched this fight, um, I scored it for Omari, and mm. like I guess my mindset of the first the first time I watched it was Al Hassan was definitely really athletic. He definitely put on pressure. Not the best striking technique, but you can tell like he's just naturally like just athletic and explosive. So he was able to put on a lot of pressure. He he landed some good strikes. Unfortunately, was not able to really defend takedowns all that well. So the first time I watched it, I gave it to Omari. Just I felt I, I don't know. I guess the first time I watched, it, I felt like he just controlled the fight more. But as I mentioned before on another podcast, that I've, I'm trying to get into the habit now of watching fights when they're muted. So uh, like it helps eliminate any crowd bias or any like. Um, what's the word announcer bias um, yeah the second time I definitely scored this for Al-Hassan like I, <laughs> it's funny how when you watch a fight with no noise the fight looks completely different and yeah like Al-Hassan definitely like nobody got like rocked or anything in this fight but rewatching it the second time Al-Hassan definitely landed Probably, I'm going to guess he's landed more strikes, or at least the cleaner, more powerful, more effective. Omari got takedowns, but he honestly didn't do a lot with them. <laughs> so, I mean, it, I, I can see why somebody would score it for him. I get it. But uh, it was a split decision that went Omari's way. I would have gave it to Abdul. Uh, but how do you, you score the fight? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. I like Alison. It's like he's like 31, but at welterweight, that could mean he could go another five years. It means next year he could all of a sudden be washed out. So, whatever. But, um, yeah, Alison is weird in that he's a ridiculously strong puncher. Like, the fact that Omari Akhmadov did not get knocked out in, the, in any round because it is just astounding because Alasan like, wasn't just touching him. He was hitting him. Uh, like, 
just straight power. And this is a this fight is I think they mentioned it during the broadcast. This fight is longer than all seven of Alassane's other fights put together. Right. <laughs> and it was so after like the second round because he had well one he'd never seen the second round before. I think collectively he had like six minutes of ring time. So I think he per, I think he performed pretty well, all things considered. Yeah, he didn't really like gas out or slow down at all. Like yeah, like he applied pressure nice. He showed, when he threw it, he showed a nice like one two. Um, but he landed a lot, and like I said, he lands really hard every time he lands because he's freaking he he throws bombs. Um, like but you gotta be able to stop the takedown and. I was actually really surprised. He did a really good job getting up, especially in the first two rounds when he was, like, not tired. But um, he, he could not stop that takedown to save his life. Like, and It's not like Akhmadov was, like, setting up these, like, brilliant uh, single-leg, double-leg type things. Like, he was getting hit. He would sit down against the cage because he got hit so hard. And then he would <laughs> duck under and grab Alassane by his waist and just, like, bully him to the ground. Like bull rush style, and it, it I, I, I don't think Alassane was like over committing to the takedowns. He was just letting himself get taken down. And this is not like this is a guy who should have really good balance. He was at one point like an Olympic level level judoka or something. Like, I'm not sure how good Ghana's judo team is, but still, like. He it should be better than what it was, and it wasn't sadly. So um, it's not a loss where I think it hurts Alisson because um, Akhmadov has like three or four times as much experience in the cage. But um, like yeah, like there are some red flags to be addressed. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. This is the like I said, this is the longest any of his fights have been. This. Probably the first time he showed any weakness in the cage for his team to go focus on. But, um, yeah, like for Akhmadov, all this really does is just show how freaking tough he is because he, he is not a very, um, I don't want to say skilled, but like technically proficient fighter. Right. Like, yeah, he's not really great at anyone. He is big and he is tough and he is strong and that is what he is good at. Right. But hey, he 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 eked out a win. Um, yeah, I honestly don't have much else to <laughs> to, to say about that fight. Uh, Did you know this is like Amari Akhmadov's like seventh fight in the UFC seven or eight? What? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Let me look at his record. Let me see if his name rings it's any... It's two fight of the night bonuses, by the way. What? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Okay, so he fought Kyle Noak. I, I don't remember that fight, to be honest. He fought a man whose name is very long that I will not pronounce. Yeah. All right, he fought Sergio Marias. Yeah. I probably saw that fight, just didn't remember him. Like, he fought I... Gunnar Nelson. Yeah. He got like submitted or knocked out in like the first round or something. Why well, I don't remember him at all. Me either. Like I remember the name. I don't remember any. Like I don't remember anything about him. Like I remember when he came in, there was like a, a rush of signings. 
Like I think that was around the time that Albert Tumanov came in. Um, what was the bro- what was the brother's name? Uh, Gus Gasan Umalatov, I think was one of the dudes who was coming in at the time. Like it was just like random Russian dudes who the UFC could like wrestle away from um, M1 and Fight Nights and ACB. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't remember what my point was. Point being, he's probably not gonna fight for a title. Yeah, I think. <laughs> no disrespect, but yeah, okay, okay. That, that's probably. This, this probably is probably feeling. Just fighting really athletic dudes and maybe eking out a win here or there because yeah. they are technically flawed and he is, for the most part, well-rounded and tough. So. Yeah, let's say he'll he'll be one of those dudes that can stick around just yeah, just clearly based on toughness. Like he'll be able to eke out wins just because of that. Um guess moving on oh, I lost the card, but I remember. Okay, the so the next fight I don't have the card in front of me. So the next fight I think was Nordin Taleb and uh what is the gentleman's name? I don't wanna miss Oliver Encamp Encamp. Encamp, yeah, something like that. So I believe this was Oliver's uh, UFC debut, I yes, think. Yes, and he was making his debut on short notice, replacing... I don't remember. Somebody. Somebody. <laughs> like... Somebody. Um, I actually enjoy this fight. Like I always like seeing people, how they're going to do in their debut. And even though in camp loss, um, I still saw things out of him that I like. He's definitely a pretty flashy striker. Um, you can definitely tell though that he is really green. Like he, experience will definitely do him some good. But yeah. he definitely has a lot of lot of flashy strikes. Uh, looks like he has a karate base. Um, it's just a lot of the flashy techniques he tried to get off just didn't really. They didn't really work. <laughs> they uh they just I I think Taleb was just too. I don't even know the word. Just, I guess, too experienced. Yeah, I guess that would be it. Like he, he probably knew what was coming. Like this, he didn't seem at all shocked at any of the techniques that Incamp threw at him. Like nothing caught him off guard. He pretty much stayed in control for for most of this fight. And what was it was a pretty entertaining. Mostly, I feel like this was mostly striking. I think they went to the ground a few times, but yeah. Um, um, and camp showed that like his primary defense on the ground was like to go for rubber guard or something. Yeah, like go for rubber guard, like try to get a triangle or something, not get back to his feet. But um like Yeah, Encamp is really green. And he uh I think his biggest problems here were just like Taleb's like really big and really strong. So every time they would like try to, he would try to tie up in the clinch and maybe get like a takedown or like try to do damage from the clinch with knees. Like Taleb would just like muscle him around a little bit and was even able to get him down a couple times. And like another primary problem was I don't think he's accustomed to range for MMA because he was throwing some like he was throwing some like wild overhand rights and um, spinning kicks that were just like one or two feet uh, just straight up too far out 
and that's part and that's part of the reason why Taleb saw everything coming because like nothing was ever really close enough to like um to be a threat uh i i like a lot of what i saw from end camp i i don't know uh, where he goes from here as a fighter Taleb is not a dude who you want to fight. Like he—he's impossible to look good against. He—he uh, he is a skilled, tough dude. He is not um, dynamic or anything, but he—he's consistent. And that, I guess, it's really good if you're like a young dude and like you're trying to learn where your flaws are, right? Like end camp. But um, it was not a fight he was ever going to probably win. But I guess for for a late replacement and it being your debut, no, it was it was a solid yeah, performance. It, it was it was a solid solid performance. But yeah, he he, it was just one of those cases where you you went against a veteran who clearly had more experience, cleaner technique. Yeah, pretty much a learning experience. Uh, yeah, like you, like, especially from like those kick fighting sports, like range is such a difficult thing to pick up because you don't want to get too like like you're used to being able to. Um, to like punch and like clinch up as a way of defense, and and you you're used to not having to worry about like being too far in or too far out because you have an idea of what your opponent's trying to do. Like it, it, here, like you're trying to stay all the way out because you don't want them to take you down. You you you're trying to stay all or you don't want to be all the way in because the, this guy can fight you in the clinch. He's big and he's strong and blah 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 and I think that really threw off his game plan because you could see him like diving for um, knee tap takedowns in like the second or third round. Uh, they were just from like way too far out. So, uh, uh, he, he, uh I expect the next in camp we see will be a lot better. Yeah, he's still really young. Yeah, he's like, definitely got got room to to grow. Well, if I like, particularly in his next fight, I expect him to be like just miles ahead of where he is now. Like he's at that age and that stage in his career where like this is where you make huge jumps from fight to fight to fight. Right. So yeah, hopefully he looks completely. I don't say completely different, but you know, more polishes himself up a, a little bit. Yeah. For the next fight, just looks more comfortable in the cage. It's kind of funny because we mentioned this uh, with the other fight <laughs> for like Taleb. It's kind of in that same category of welterweights where like he's. He's out of that top fifteen. Oh yeah, kind of just middle of the pack, you know. Except he's not violent. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, Nordin Taleb is like TriStar's golden boy in terms of like what they like to put out. He is a moderately athletic, large welterweight who can jab and take you down, and like have he has a, a decent top game. That's basically it. Like. That that's what Farasa Habi instills in his fighters, like the jab, the takedown, and being big and strong for your division. <laughs> like, and that's that's not a shot at like Faraz. Like he's obviously done an amazing job of it, but like if there was a baseline slash prototype of what a TriStar fighter is supposed to look like, it's Nordin Taleb. Well, uh, solid win for him, and uh. Hope to see in camp again though. Yeah, like I said, it was, it was there were little flashes of things I saw that I like. So yeah, hopefully the next time we see him, 
he'll 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 work on his game a little bit and I'm always happy to see karate dude. So Yeah, yeah. He he's he's got a flash KO in there somewhere. <laughs> there there's a flash KO in there somewhere from one of those wild techniques if he can get one of them to land. Uh uh, moving on to this next fight, I don't really have to spend too much time on this. Not honestly a whole lot to talk about. Uh, Jack Hermanson, Alex Nicholson. This fight was Jack Hermanson just kind of using foot movement until he got a takedown, and then he got the takedown, ground and pound, uh, kind of beat Nicholson up. <laughs> That's pretty much the whole. I think he 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 had got him up against the cage beat him up a little bit and then somehow I think he had took his back, flattened him out, and just kind of repeatedly punched him over and over until the ref decided that was enough. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> and any day any card where Alex Nicholson gets knocked out is a good card. Just fuck that guy. I'm trying to remember. What did he do? Uh, he's the racist who beat his like girlfriend slash wife. What? Yeah. I remember hearing about this. Really? No, I don't. I don't, I don't remember hearing about this. Uh, if I remember correctly, she like he left contusions on her. Oh man. Yeah, it, it was not pretty. So. And they let they that this was this while he was in the UFC or this like a while ago? I think his girlfriend dropped the charges or something like that. I'm not a hundred percent sure. They I know the UFC investigated it and they let him back on or whatever. But um, yeah, he got lumped up for his troubles. Uh, I like I, I'm just never gonna be a fan of him. <clears throat> yeah, I'm always gonna be happy when he gets gets his ass beat. So, well, oh, that was a a quick and swift. <laughs> Hold up, let me look at Hermanson's record before. Whatever. Who did he fight before this? Um, I want to say he fought. A, oh God, he, I know he lost. But like it was to somebody. It was a Jocko. I think it was Jocko. And then he okay. won. And then he beat somebody before that. Cause I was trying to remember where. Like I, I remember his name and like he looked vaguely familiar, but I couldn't remember where I saw him for. He's a Cage Warriors and Bellator vet, if I remember right. That's not. Well, solid win for him uh, in a fight that he virtually took. I didn't say virtually. He didn't take any damage. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't think he got hit. Like, that might have been a flawless victory. I don't think he took one hit. See, this is when you go back and you're like, can I get another fight real quick? Right, pretty much. Like, he could he could have fought again the next day and he'd have been perfectly fine. Yeah, like, you, you maximize your output here, bro. Hey, man, you so, got to get on. Someone calls out. Someone calls hurt. You got to be the, you got you to gotta take that Cerrone approach. Yeah. Eight, eight, well, eight fights a year. <laughs> uh, I think Cerrone's done with that. Yeah. Like, he just realizes, like, there's no worth in being the guy the USC calls on. There, there's no longer a desk job waiting for you when it's all over, you know? So. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that was uh, pretty much all the main card, but definitely got to give uh, some of these prelims uh, some shout-outs. There were definitely some good moments. Actually, you know what? I'm going to skip because I want to mention because I want to make sure this gets mentioned. Um, so, I'm going to butcher this name. Uh, Bojan Velikovic and Nicholas, uh, I think it's Musoke? Mus I, might, I think it's I Nico Musoke. What does it say, Nico? So, um, this, this fight ended in a KO and what I will call stanky leg of the year. 
Um, I'm not going to really detail the entire fight. I just wanted to make sure I gave it a mention. Um, if you want to see somebody get hit and like do the world's funniest chicken dance <laughs> right <laughs> i was trying to think of a way to describe it basically yeah that was it and i felt bad for nico because he's like the hometown guy and basically yeah did the chicken dance in front of those thousands of people um but yeah that was a pretty i haven't seen a chicken leg dance like that in the rail that like i said that was stanky leg of the year i don't think anybody's gonna beat that nope um <laughs> so yeah, I mean, if, if I can find a video of it, I might, I'll leave it in the description below, but yeah, if not, you guys gotta give, give that a watch, uh, definitely give that a watch, hmm. um, skipping around, uh, shout, shout to, um, what was it, the Mer, uh, I, I literally had to trade, take down my page because my internet stopped working, my Firefox window stopped working, oh, but, oh, uh, the Mir Hazovic? Demir Hazovic. Shouts to him. He was down two rounds to none. And uh he, he capitalized on some stupidity. Oh boy. Yeah. Poor Marcin Held. Yeah. He, he, he knocked Marcin Held in like the he knocked out in um Marcin Held in the third round. Like I think eighteen seconds in, as Marcin Held was going for an Imanari roll, he literally just came around his like shoulder and landed a knee. They just immediately knocked Marcin Held out. <laughs> I feel bad for laughing because when Held came over from Bellator, for for people who don't know, Marcin Held, former uh, former Bellator lightweight title challenger, he lost to um, he lost to Brooks, I think. Brooks and Chandler. Yeah, and Chandler. So, but he was one of their, you know, like premier lightweights, really, really, really talented grappler. Uh, striking has has made some some strides. Dude, striking still... looked really good in this fight. Yeah, it's 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 if if you watch Held and Bellator and you watch him now, like yeah, you can definitely tell he's he's been tightening up the boxing. Yep. And it looked like for these first two rounds that he was finally gonna get his first UFC win, and just disaster strikes in the third, and he you get need and you just go limp and. Yeah. Kind of like the Serkinov fight, life just kind of happens fast, and now he is 0-3. <laughs> and, there is and, always KSW, my friend. Like, K man. like KSW and Ryzen would be, like, well, not, not so much, maybe not so much KSW would be, like, really happy, but they'd take him. But Ryzen would be, like, tripping all over themselves to sign him because he's a, he's a specialist. Yeah, and they specialize in that, right? But um, yeah, poor Marcin Held. He gets screwed out of like his Lozon win. He 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 trips up at the finish line with this one. All, like Diego Sanchez, all of a sudden is still a very good wrestler. <laughs> yeah, like, like th he might. This is one of the most unfortunate like like UFC runs in recent memory. Yeah, that I've seen in a while. It's and it sucks because. The the record shows zero and three, but like talent wise, you know he's he's much better than what his record shows. But yeah, he just like, can't seem to catch a break. I was never one. I was never one who thought like um, Held would rocket up um, the rankings and like get a title shot. But I thought he'd be like a, a Joe Lozon type. 
Right, that he would he could string together a few wins, probably lose to like the top level guys, but still stick around for like, a while. Yeah, grabs a few ankles and knees, and you know, do the damn thing, get some performance bonuses or something. But like his UFC career has been sadness so far. Yeah, and like, hope, that Owen, like, you, you think right. they'll bring him back? Maybe, maybe not. Like, who knows? Yeah, like for like. Uh, for uh, what you call it, for uh, perspective, he is one in four in his last five fights. Oh man, yeah. And you and you know Bellator won't take him back. Yeah. So it's literally KSW or Ryzen. Hey man, I feel like Ryzen seems to be the spot. That's, <laughs> that's I feel like that's the place to go now. That's where all the cool kids are going. Go fight Darren Kripchenk. Hey, <laughs> I'm I'm all for it, but yeah, man. I mean, the, the great win for Demir. Uh, I hope they bring Marcin back. I, I I have a feeling they won't. And honestly, if they let him go at 0 and 3, I I can't really argue against it. But yeah. I, I I hope he gets one more shot. But yeah, if know. anything, Marcin held Shinyaoki. Hey. Somebody with money make that happen. Preferably in yeah. Asia, where they can like kick each other in the head. Right. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm I'm all for it. But yeah, shout out to both of those guys. Um, I'll give Darren Till a uh, shout out for his win over. I don't see this gentleman's name, Jessen Ayari. Um, Darren Till showed pretty much a three round instructional video of how to land left hands very effectively. How, how to fight southpaw. <laughs> Throw left hand. <laughs> Repeat. You're right. <laughs> like, it, 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 it's the Conor McGregor game plan to like a T. It was. He like, got. He did everything but the KO. Yeah, and that yeah. only didn't happen because Justin Ayari is made of like brick. Yeah. Because goddamn, he ate everything. And the, yeah. And the kitchen sink, and still managed to walk away from that fight by for some reason. Like. Yeah. Uh, Till's whole approach to the fight was pressure, pressure, pressure. Maybe throw the left hand, maybe wait for Ayari to um to commit to a right hand, step pivot, throw the left hand. Like that me comparing him to Conor McGregor it, it, that's Conor that was Conor's game plan. That is Conor's game plan whenever he fights somebody who's short shorter than him and right handed. Like that was his game plan against um Freaking, what was the, what's the dude's name? Mendez? Not Mendez. No, uh, Mendez, yes, but uh, uh, Alvarez. It was Alvarez, it was Mendez, it was Marcus Brimage. Like, that's, that, if you are a tall, left-handed fighter, that's your bread and butter. Like, learn to throw the left hand, learn to move, learn to pressure, learn to counter. You'll, you'll be gold. And it sucks. It sucks that Darren Till came in like five, six pounds overweight. Yeah. Because a, it tells me that like one, maybe he is growing out of the division. Maybe like adding muscle when you're 22, 23, 24 years old, and you're huge, and you're trying to make welterweight. Maybe not. I don't say maybe not the best idea, but maybe not like conducive to a good weight cut. I hope he doesn't have to go the middle way. Like, I hope this is literally just him being lazy or 
like them not accounting for the fact that he was lifting weights and is like year and a half off. Because yeah. I think his style fits him so well at welterweight. And there's really a dearth of guys who have of like left-handed strikers who can use this type of game plan there. So I I I think it'd be really fun to see him fight like the top guys there in a couple of years. But if he if he's too big, he's too big. Move up to middleweight. Be a well, he'd probably have like a flag advantage over basically everybody, not in the top like eight or nine. Right. So yeah, do do, do what's him, healthy. He's, he's he's two zero oh, and one, <laughs> so so far on the UFC. So this UFC career is fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah, he's he he like tore his shoulder in that like draw against um what's his name Nicholas Dalby. Man, he he's got a lot of he's got a lot of upside though. Yeah. Like he, yeah. Yeah. And I would I would hope he stays at welterweight. I think welterweight would have more fun fights. <laughs> for well, that like welterweight just needs a young guy. Yeah. And he's twenty. Like you say, he's twenty four. Twenty four. And they just need a young guy to be there and to be good. Yeah. Because they don't have a lot of those right now. Alright. Well, hopefully he can he can he can stick around for a while. Definitely got to give a shout out to Reza Madadi and uh, Joe Kim Silva or Joachim Silva. Yeah, I was going to ask. Is it Joe Kim or Joachim? Probably Joachim. I, I paid no attention to the broadcast. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, this, this was one of the best prelim fights. I, I, I wish I could remember it a bit more, but Reza always lives up to the Mad Dog oh, moniker. Oh, this you was... know what? I do remember the the uh, broadcast for this one. Uh Shouts to Joe Kim Silva. Um, shouts to like Dan Hardy's just complete bias in the second round. <laughs> when, like he's talking about how, like at the end of the fight he was talking about how Razor won the second round and like there was no argument. And Razor spent most of the second round like basically getting attacked to the body mercilessly because Silva was just like body punching the crap out of him. And like he would throw um, a big overhand right or uh, a spinning back fist, and it would kind of land, and Hardy would lose his mind. <laughs> and it was like he landed the better, cleaner shots in that round. I'm just like, did you just see all those body shots? So shots to Joaquin Silva with that, because that that was actually really cool, because we, we don't see a lot of um, big bruiser types going down to the body, and that really slowed down Madadi in the third round. So that was really cool. Always yeah, like a body puncher. That was an awesome fight. That was a pretty, pretty awesome fight. Yeah, I wish I remembered a little bit more, but that was probably one of the best prelims. And I guess last two shout-outs, just to, just to round out the card, uh, Trevor Smith got a unanimous decision over Chris Camozzi, and Pedro Munoz took a unanimous decision over Damian Stasiak? Stasiak? From, uh, yes. Something like that. Yes. <laughs> So that uh that rounds out the the fight night card. Um, but we're, we're not done yet. There were a lot more. I was have a lot more fights that weekend. But other fights worth mentioning. Uh, next fight uh, for people who didn't know, there was a boxing fight a, Memorial Week Memorial Day weekend. A big boxing fight. Yeah, a big boxing fight in the uh, UK. A, and a, another fight that just adds on to boxing just 
I don't know, just Killing on a roll. Sure. <laughs> on a roll. Yeah, man. This this fight was was awesome. Errol Spence Jr. took on uh, Kell Brook for the IBF welterweight title. Um, I, I've mentioned this before. I don't watch boxing a whole lot, but Errol Spence is a guy who I try to keep tabs on. Who I, I forgot exactly how I found out about him or even... Like why I started watching him fight, but I just remember like the first couple times I was like, "This this guy is like he's something. Yeah. Like he 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 has that it that you know I don't know. Like he just had that something special about him. I was like, I, he's gonna be the guy that I'm, I have to keep tabs on for a little bit. And uh, yeah, man, he 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 showed out in this fight. He he showed he showed a lot of grit. This was not an easy fight. <laughs> I've seen him steamroll through people. Um, this was not one of those fights where he was just able to steamroll, but he definitely, especially towards the the latter half of the fight, I felt like he started to take over. He, um, one thing he did good in the beginning that I liked, he repeatedly went to the body, right. over like, and of over. Body punches, like that was the story of this fight. Yeah, like, I, I I know at the end, um, Kel broke. Oh, so I, I'm not sure if you know this. Um, so last year, Kell broke for uh, Gennady Golovkin, right? Yeah, that did not go too well. Yeah, he broke his uh, right <laughs> orbital. Um, this was his first fight since then. He comes back, and uh, he and uh, Earl Spence broke Kell Brook's left orbital. Hmm. So now he has a very long, a very tough decision to make about if this fighting thing is still for him. Because right. he has now broken both of his orbital bones within the span of like a year. And what was a really grueling <laughs> like <laughs> this was a tough fight on both accounts. Oh yeah. For, like, for both of them this was definitely pretty tough. Like I felt like it took a little bit for Spence to kinda like get his his game plan going. Well this is like, this was this was by far the toughest fight. Spence has had since the Olympics in terms of like quality of opponent hmm. relative to himself I guess because like uh, I, I've always thought Brooks was um, I don't want to say overrated as a boxer but like, he, he is a uh, he's not as uh, dynamic and like versatile as people give him credit for like or give him credit for being like I should say and I, I think Spence is like is like that. He he can do a lot of different things, and he is very skilled at at doing at um and, and just being like a dog. Like like those body shots, they did not come from Spence setting things up. They came in like firefights, right? On the inside, where uh, where Kilbrook is trying to throw him around and clinch up and. Spence is just not going away and just continually attacking the body. It really slowed him down towards the end of the fight. Yeah, he. I felt like he he gritted his way to this win. Oh yeah, like, like it, it. It felt like towards like that sixth and seventh round that you could tell those body shots just started to take a toll. And Brooke did not have the same energy that he had in those first couple rounds. Like he he was slowly sapping away at his energy, and then and, and you could tell he he really didn't have any other. Th- anything else like in his tool bag like he at one point it just seemed like he was trying to jab and grab um spence to a decision 
just try to carry the fight that far. But by, I want to say, like, the eighth or ninth round, it just seemed pretty clear that, like, the fight was getting away from him. Was it the ninth round he got knocked down in? No, it's the uh, tenth round. I actually have the article up. In the tenth round, yeah, he, he got knocked down. And I, I thought the fight was going to be over after that. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually, I went to a friend's house to watch this fight. And, like, I was... You, it, it was funny just watching this live because you could just feel the momentum of the fight shifting and shifting, and then he got the knockdown and like the momentum just completely went his way. Yeah. And Brooke survived that round. He got out of that round, and then in the eleventh, I think, was when it finally stopped. And he, I for, he caught he got hit with something before he took the knee. I just don't remember what it was. Me either. Um, yeah, he he took he it, took because I remember when he he first stopped. I I thought like he just kneeled out of nowhere, but like he he took a hit. I don't know if it was anything major, but he he took some he took a strike and then he just kind of like a couple seconds later, I, I guess he just yeah decided hey I, like this this eye <laughs> this eye's out of control right now. Yeah, I, I think he said um, somewhere in like the middle rounds he realized that his eye was broken. Or not well, or not right. And he was like, I- "I'll fight it out. See, like, try to get him out of here." And just by like the eleventh round, he just realized he couldn't go on, or else his career would be over. And like, shouts to him for recognizing that, like, it this win just isn't worth the rest of his life, like career. Right. Like hopefully he takes time off. Like he made his money with this fight. Like hopefully he just he can take time off and get his eye right, and really just sit down and see like, if if this is something he still wants to do. Yeah, cause that was his eye was pretty. That was pretty banged up. Yeah, <laughs> like that was. Yeah, but props to Errol Spence, man. This dude, if you if you guys haven't, none. Er- if you don't watch boxing, he is worth paying attention to. Like God. Errol Spence versus Sean Porter, Errol Spence versus Keith Thurman, er- Errol Spence versus Danny Garcia, Errol Spence versus Terrence Crawford. Like those are fights that w- that should and might be made sometime in the near-ish future, and they are all fights worth tuning in for because they they should be like fireworks. Yeah, I would love to see the Crawford because Crawford fought a couple weeks before. Yep. And he shut, uh, what was the guy's name? Felix Diaz. Diaz, he shut him down. <laughs> like, completely shut him down. Like, I, I really hope, like, P- Spence turns into, like, that guy in boxing and he's just, like, this big star because he, he is so fun and so good. So, yeah, man. You, you guys, if you don't watch boxing... You know. Errol Spence is on that short list of dudes next to Anthony Joshua and Vasily Lomachenko who you should be paying attention to. Yeah. And just shout out to boxing though, man. Like like I said, we've said this before. Like every all of the boxing fights that I've got around to watching this year, whether I watched them the night of or I just happened to catch them the next day, like they've all been really good. I haven't seen any duds <laughs> this year from at least the fights that I've watched, so yeah, boxing's been been holding it down th- this this year definitely. Like there there have been a ton of good fights this year, and you know we got we got Triple G and and uh, Canelo coming up in 
September, a couple months away, but Andre Ward, like, uh, Sergey Kovalev two coming up in July. Apparently, they're gonna run back the um, the Klitschko Joshua fight. because yeah, the Klitschko is apparently um, has a rematch clause. So there, there's fun stuff happening. Let's uh, see. It's gonna be a lot. Be a good year of <laughs> good year. Of people getting getting knocked out. Uh, man, I wonder when they would run that back though. Probably Joshua. I think they said they're moving like to a two month thing with Joshua, so probably December. Uh, okay. I don't say after that knockout, I'd imagine he would need some uh. <laughs> Need need a little bit of time off. Yeah, but yeah, that was that was a, a awesome, a awesome, just gritty performance by Spence. Who, like I said, he 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 gritted his way to that win, and just he just kind of you could tell like he wanted that win, like he he took that belt. Yeah. <laughs> like he 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 was not gonna be denied. I, um, I feel I feel kind of bad for both of them because like yeah. Spence get, uh, Spence gets denied his like big highlight KO, and Brooke can't really. Like, I, I think anybody who's sensible is going to realize that Brooke did not battle this fight because he's like a coward or he's not a real fighter or any of those other like BS statements you see when like a fighter just like has to call it a day. But like he, he th- this was a fight he could not go on his shield on. All right. And I applaud them for realizing that, but, like... In a way, well, I guess they're kind of different. It kind of reminded me of the Roy and and Robbie fight, where, like, I think, he just ate a, he ate a jab, and it was just Yeah, that like, was a power punch, man. That was a, yeah, yeah. That was a straight cross. Like, it, it didn't connect all the way, but it was a cross. That one, too, to me, though, it just seemed like... I didn't say, like, he won it out, but, like, like he hit a breaking point. Like, there was just no... Dude, his body legit just shut down on him. Yeah, like, there was, there was nothing else left. And, like, yeah, you can't call a dude a coward. Like, it's, we can't act like the first ten rounds didn't happen. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he stayed in there for as long as he possibly could. He almost made it to the 12th, but, you know, hey, man, you gotta, you gotta protect your health, you know? It's, it's no use in making all this money and your eyes are broken. <laughs> you you can't see anything. Uh, yeah, why defend the title if you have to vacate it right away anyway? Right. So, yeah, sh- shout-outs to, to both of them. That was a... Hopefully Spence gets back in there like twice this year because um, I don't know if you know this, uh, if you know who Thomas Williams is. Uh, no, it doesn't ring a bell. Oh, God, um, I want to say he's a light heavyweight. It was on Twitter. He's a PBC. He's a Heyman fighter. It was on like Twitter talking about, yo, it's already June or May or whatever, and you guys want to see this guy fight two times more this year? That must be fucking crazy. I'm like, dude, it's the fifth month of the year. Like, Errol Spence could be back in there in August and still get like three months off and go again in December. Like. There's this weird culture in boxing and MMA too, where like you hit a certain point and you only have to you only have to fight twice a year. Like if you're trying to build your stock, fight three four times a year. Like and have dates set so people know when you're fighting. All right. Yeah. 
But um, that weird tangent. We'll see though. I, I I definitely hope he he makes it back before um. Definitely hope he he makes it back before the end of this year. Yeah. Um. So that was UFC Fight Night, boxing. Um. Anything else we wanted to? Uh, really? Before we go to part and shot. Uh, really quick. Shouts to uh Angel Lee, and Ben Askren over at One FC. Um, they held it down. Freaking Angel Lee almost got another twister submission win, but had to settle for the um, what was it, the Anaconda choke? The Anaconda choke. Yeah. Yep. No, she completely like uh defanged Estela Nunes. I wasn't expecting that. I, like, I was expecting a good competitive fight. So like, props to her. Nunes is like the real deal. Um, I'm more sold on her at strawweight because I always thought she was like an atom weight, but turns out she's just, she was just like a, a, a strawweight parading as an atom weight because she was like 19. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of her. Hopefully one can get like solid opponents for her. Like there's no dearth of talent at 115 globally, even with the UFC snatching everybody up. So like there are people for the fight. So uh, I'm looking forward to her fighting like Germany women, and getting different tests. And hopefully eventually they'll find somebody who can stop takedown. They will never find somebody to stop an Askren takedown though. And I think he's on like a his second fight of a six fight deal. So he's only four fights away from retirement because this is his retirement contract. <laughs> And they and they found him like a a a, seven, a six fight into his career twenty something twenty one year old Malaysian fighter for him to go beat the crap out of. Yeah, he uh, he, uh it was funny because when I watched the fight, like the time of the video said nine minutes, but the fight was like one minute. Yeah. <laughs> he, he mauled that. Yeah, he he, he mauled that man pretty fast. It, yeah. It's, it's kind of weird, man. Like, I was never a big Askren fan, but at the same time, it's like, I, I mean, I guess for him over there, it's probably good. I imagine they're probably paying him pretty well, but... Six figures a fight. Hey, man. Yeah, get, get your money. It, it just... I just, I just yeah, I feel like he's always going to be that what if. Like, not, not that... I didn't think he was going to come to UFC and be champ. I don't think he would have. But, like, I just would have liked to see him face the top guys just to see what he could have done. It would have been worth it if he just came over and fought Damian Maya. Because I'd pay good money to see that. Because yeah. that, that sounds like so much fun. Yeah. I, I, but... I, 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 I was never on the bandwagon that Ben Askren was, like, this most bo- the most boring fighter in the MMA. Like, he closed out his Bellator um, career, like, with, like, Two of the most one-sided beatings over some really talented dudes. Who yeah. <laughs> he made look very average. Like um, his last decision win in Bellator was the uh, Douglas Lima fight. After that, he stopped Carl Amasu in the third. After he beat him so badly that his eye was basically falling out. And our Andre Koroshkov, which has like the greatest strike differential I've ever seen in a fight, where like. Ben Askren landed something like 270 <laughs> punches to, like, Andre Korshkov's three. So that tells you what you need to know about, like, that, that fight. Like, I, I didn't find either one of those fights boring. 
And then he's yeah, he, and then obviously he's been like running through guys on one, but like I I I would have loved to have seen him in the UFC and fighting top guys and you know the Johnny Hendrixes and Damian Myers and Jake Shields of the division. Yeah, but well, what if? Hey man, he's he's making money. Let, let the man right. Live. Yeah, at this point, I yeah, guess he, he, he just... called out the middleweight champ. He he realizes that maybe fighting six and zero Malaysian just turned adult fighters <laughs> isn't enough. It, it might not look too good, so he's just going to go do the same thing at one eighty five. But yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if he could move up to two hundred five and beat Brandon Vera. <laughs> hey, there's not me joking. Like he's out wrestled dude to uh, compete at 197. Hold on, I thought I thought Vera was a heavyweight now. Uh, is he? Yeah, I, I think Vera's a heavyweight now. So the, uh, maybe. It wouldn't surprise me if he was a heavyweight and beat Vera. Like he, oh God, what's the dude's name? Quentin Rich? No, not Quentin Richardson. Um, it's Quentin something. He was a former Penn State wrestler. I want to say. Um. If, I don't know if you remember Agron, like his uh, Ben Askren's wrestling promotion, his like metamorphosis slash Polaris style wrestling promotion, where he had like amateur wrestlers wrestle for money. He fought, he wrestled this dude who f- was on the national team, who was a former Penn State like two time champion at 197 pounds or something like that. Hmm. And he beat his ass, <laughs> like like he tech falled him. By like twenty points, it was insane. Oh. Like, a, like, Askren is the real deal when it comes to folk style wrestling, or just like wrestling in general. Like, yeah. So it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if he could move up and like out wrestle, um, the two hundred five or even the heavyweight. Like, especially we'll over, especially I'm, in one where like he he's probably gonna do a wieldy. I'm I'm pretty sure if he goes up to eighty five, yeah, he's he's probably getting that belt. I, I, like if King Mo can out wrestle Chuck Congo, I, I think Ben Askren can out wrestle some heavyweights. Like, Gray get, freak, get freaky. <laughs> you don't have an athletic commission. Get freaky. Do whatever you want. Yeah, very very valid point. Um, <laughs> those are actually going to be my two shout outs. But uh, uh, I guess I will give a shout out to Gary Tonin, who took on Shinya Aoki in a grappling match. I finally got around to watching a straight jujitsu match. Um, Tonin got caught in some pretty bad spots, almost got real naked choked, managed to get out, uh, eventually found himself in a pretty slick leg lock and submitted Aoki. And that was all she wrote. <laughs> so I, I finally got a chance to see, like, I've, I've heard a lot about Tonin, but I've never, like, watched any of, like, his grappling matches. So now I, I see what the hype is. Um, yeah, dude's definitely a, a beast grappler. And May is next. Coming. He, he's trained. He's been training, right? Yep. Yeah. So we'll 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 see how hopefully that transition goes well. Um, I will also give a shout out to my man Marlon Marias, finally making his debut this weekend on the Aldo versus Holloway card. I've been I've been waiting for this for a long time. <laughs> Uh, he's, he's taking on, uh, Rafael Asuncao, who's a, that's, that's, I think that's a good debut match. He, he's, he's, they're throwing him to a, a top guy right away. So, 
I'm I'm really 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 looking forward to seeing how Marias does. I'm I'm hoping he he, he doesn't wet the bed. <laughs> I've I've been I've been vouching for this dude for a long time. I, I know his level of competition in, in WSOF isn't the greatest, but my my eyes tell me that he's the real deal. Yeah. My my eyes tell me he's the real deal. Now it's it's just time to to show and prove. So. But he is a tremendous fighter. Yeah, man. This dude is just ridiculously good. Really, really well rounded. Just yeah, man. I feel like he has it all. Like I feel like he should he should win this fight in my eyes. But we, you know, you never know. That's an, uh, yeah, like that sounds like a really funky dude. Like yeah, I, I could see him pulling away with like just like stealing um a split decision or something. He could, but um, we'll, we'll see though. But um, I'm 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 really really hyped for that fight. Watch, really, this watch the well, kicks, but, y'all. Like if you've never seen Marais fight, like watch the kicks. Is it me or he? He seems like a big thirty-five or two. Oh no, he is like. Yeah, like he's he a muscular. He's a muscular lanky dude, which is really weird to say out loud, but um. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I had one more shout out. Oh my! I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. I can't remember. Yeah, those would be my two shout-outs. I can't, uh... I feel like that's one more person I wanted to give a shout-out to, but I can't remember. But, um... Yeah, those, to piggyback, though, yeah, shout-outs to Angela Lee. I, I thought she was gonna get that, um... That, uh, Twister. That would've been dope, but... I, I, she's another one of those people now that I'm starting to get almost like the Ben asking. Like, I wanna see her against... I don't even know. I can't even really think of a specific name. Like, but... I, I don't think she's ready for top 10 competition. Like, especially after seeing like Alexa Grasso come up short and stuff like that. Like, yeah. she's still only 20, whatever, like 20, 21 years old. Like, she has plenty of time to get her game together. Um, like, that's why I think, like, I'm way more okay with her fighting Journeyman than, like, Ben Askren is, like, a Pushing yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirty yeah. something. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not mad at that. Yeah. Like, did if one really, if one and Victor Kui and Chat uh, Chatrice Yatong really care about getting her, um, like improving her game, they'll get her like the right competition. And it seems like they're doing that, so I'm all aboard. Um, for my parting shots, that was that what this is called. I honestly God don't remember. I'm so tired. Yeah, I'm just I'm just making up stuff. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, this is like pushing midnight. Like I worked all day, so. No, oh. oh, you're good. If I sound out of it, that's why. Oh no, that definitely. They understand we're we're working people. Um. So party shot number one, KSW thirty nine. I did. I as of this recording, I have not seen it yet. I've been busy with work. Um. This sounds it sounds amazing. It sounds amazing. You know, Mamed Kaladov fight uh, the middleweight champion of KSW fighting like the welterweight champion of KSW, and just narrowly getting a win. Uh, Marius Pusanowski, like multiple time world strongest man competitor, <laughs> fighting a fellow strongman, and like I think he was like national champion in Poland. 
and beating him. Like, Bozanowski is like my favorite Kimball type story. Where it's just like a dude and he's like, I want to do MMA. And like, he's famous for something else, but he really wants to do MMA and just be really good at it. Like, at no point do I think Pudzianowski got into MMA like just like straight up big money. Like, he really loves this. Like, I think he really loves training and like being a fighter. And it's like the most like refreshing thing. He's not very good at it, but it's like refreshing. <laughs> um, hey man, you, you gotta you gotta appreciate the passion. Yeah, exactly. You gotta, exactly. You gotta appreciate the passion. Um, Arian Lipsky, who is a very good borderline blue chip um, flyweight prospects women's flyweight prospects she picked up a win they had this kid from uh, not kid he's like 27 um, this dude from the Polish national wrestling team who was a bronze medalist in like 2012 I want to say Damian Janikowski he made his MMA debut knocked the dude out um Gamrot bit Norman Park, which is awesome. <laughs> Norman Park stuffed a double A so and like had his hands all up in Gamrot's face, so Gamrot just bit him. And, and Park was very upset. So there's that. Um, oh, how the hell did I forget this? Polish gangster rapper Powell Rock beat a bodybuilder by the name of um Robert. Berneka. Berneka. That was a thing that happened. So you said he he beat what he. So gangst Polish gangster rapper Pavel Rak beats Robert Berneka, who is a just a straight up bodybuilder, not like a strong man, just like a bodybuilder. And that's one of my most favorite sentences I've ever said. <laughs> Is there any uh? Um, actually, you know, I have. I, I, let me just get like two more, because um. Shouts to Ann Wolf, former uh middleweight champion, and owner of one of the most vicious knockouts, regardless of gender, and combat sport. Like, is one of the most vicious knockouts in combat sport where she knocked out Vonda Ward. She is going to be in Wonder Woman. Hey. She is going to I can't remember the name of her character, for the love of God. Um but she will she's in Wonder Woman, which opens Thursday. By the time you out here this will be in theaters. So, you know, if if you have no other interest than just going to see Ann Wolf try to act like a Amazon like if you know anything about Ann Wolf, it, she is Street to her core, and I mean that in the nicest way possible. Like she's like just this like tough ass woman who takes no shit from nobody. Like this woman has trained a world champion boxer. I think she's like the first woman to do it. So like try, hearing her, I, I hope she has a line in the movie, and we get to hear her fake Greek accent. <laughs> <laughs> so shouts to her because like it took. 12 years but she's finally cashing in on being a amazing boxer uh, and shouts that's, that's... and um my last priority shot uh to um speller number 11 in the scripts national spelling bee because what did he um she 
she what did she what was like her uh, no, no, her, no. her moment her, her, um so for one of the thing one of the many hats i wore at work is i organized the um spelling bee in my area and um she is the girl who won from our area and she is heading to the finals tomorrow and the and if she wins some if she makes it uh she stays in the competition tomorrow and she's only going to the last 46 or whatever the number is she'll be on um the the friday she'll be in the friday finals like the kid who was last year so just shouts to her because i spent a hell of a lot of time and hours of my life putting together that spelling bee so thank, <laughs> thank god somebody's getting something out of it hey your hard work went to a good a good cause I mean I, you know I'm not saying anything cause they might yeah. there's a, a one in a hundred thousand percent chance they might be listening <laughs> well shout out shout out to, to her um you better uh, I got two <laughs> I, got, I got just two quick uh parting shots uh first parting shot uh shout outs to uh the maryland uh maryland's men lacrosse team who won the national championship last weekend in lacrosse uh they took down ohio nine to six gonna be ohio state my bet uh nine to six so uh quick shout outs to them lacrosse is one of those sports that i don't really understand the rules but i watch it because i find it entertaining uh, so shout outs to them, hometown, uh, winning their championship. And last part and shot, I, I meant to mention this earlier, maybe like a podcast ago, uh, <laughs> uh Gokan Saki, for people who don't know, former... Oh, for God's sake, I forgot all about that. Yeah, former Glory, uh, heavyweight, he was heavyweight champ, right? He was heavyweight, I think he was light heavyweight. Uh, yeah. God knows at this point. So, yeah, former, uh... Former kickboxing great, I'll just say. He is one of uh, the greatest heavyweights slash light heavyweights of all time. Of all time in kickboxing. The devastating uh, striker. Uh, this guy is now signed to the UFC. Um, don't know of his opponents yet. He will be in a light heavyweight division. Not sure who he will be fighting. But Just give him striker for like three years, please. You're right. Like, don't, <laughs> like, don't do the shitty thing and just give him wrestlers. Like, and, yeah. Like, oh, we're going to test your TDD. No. Uh, let, no, let, let him come in and kill somebody. Let, the, like, let this man be spectacle, damn it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, especially in this division, like, we, 205 needs this. Like, we we need this desperately. So, like, if you guys have never seen him fight, go watch him fight Alistair Overeem. In like the K one, was it semis or finals or was it? The, I don't even remember. It's been so long. And he's one of those dudes that like he's not like the most physically imposing. Like I feel like a lot of the times he fights people that are a lot bigger than Dude, him. Dude, he was fighting a heavyweight. <laughs> like, like he is, like, he he's muscular, but he is not that big. Yeah, he's not that big a guy, but he's very very technically proficient just devastating power and if 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 he can transfer that to mma you know he's gonna knock he's gonna kill some people like (laughs) it'll be fun and awesome yeah it's it's in a division that can use any excitement that it can get um i'm i'm very interested to see how this turns out and like you said yeah i hope 
for his first two to three matches, don't give him a grappler. Give him somebody that is stupid enough to stand and bang so he can just murder them Dude, on I, TV. This was what <laughs> Fabio Maldonado was made for. Right. <laughs> they, they used him up. They used up all his good years. <laughs> so we have to find somebody else that is foolish enough I, to stand I'm, I'm trying, in, in I'm, front I'm of this. I'm trying to think of like, who's in the light heavyweight division. This is so depleted. Like, There's no... I can't think of anybody like they're. Who is the bottom of the heavyweight division? They're gonna pull like some old veteran who just I don't know. I like I don't I, re- I don't know if uh, an opponent at this point that you give him, but I'm, you I'm have bad. to. Who are he these needs, people? He needs something kind of like how uh, like Wonder Boy's first fight was. Like, give him somebody that he can just get a quick highlight KO reel over. Like, and we can. We can just watch him violently just murk somebody. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm like looking it. at the bottom of this division. It's just a bunch of like zero and zero guys. Hey, right? Yeah. Like there's there's no. <laughs> yeah, like the division is just so. Yeah, it's, I don't know who they give him, but I'm I'm waiting for this man. I I I haven't watched him fight in a long time. Abdul Karim Edelov. Like, oh my God, sure. he's still on the roster. No, like that's not probably somebody I would give him in his first fight. But Edelov is a dude who is cousins with the um, Katarov, who is the warlord who is in charge of Chechnya. Oh yeah, and he's he's also the guy who got knocked out by his cousin in like training. And the video went online, and he he has not been seen since. (laughs) But yeah, man, shout out to Gokansaki. Like I said, if you guys don't watch kickboxing. If you want to want to do your history, uh, Turkish look, look look up this guy, man. He he, this guy's a, a a monster striker. So yeah, wait waiting to see how how that turns out. But um, apparently he's had a kick by, uh, an MMA fight before he lost by knockout. What? But that was also like thirteen years ago when he was. Okay, all right. I was about to say, 20. please don't tell me. <laughs> all right. I was going to say, don't tell me he lost like a year or two ago. Because yeah. then I have to take back everything I just said. I know, said. it was only like 20. <laughs> but, yeah, man, he, he's he's the real deal, man. This this guy's legit. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Go watch his fight with Daniel Guido. I'm talking about Alistair Overeem. Prick. The one in the um, quarters for... In Glory. In, no, yeah. no, no. The one in the quarterfinals for um the K1 tournament in 2010 that Overeem won. Hmm. It's part that fight. Uh, that fight with Gita is part of the reason he lost to Overeem. <laughs> it was just so violent. Oh my god. Where's Gita nowadays? He's like a. I want to say he's like a activist now. Like I, I see videos of him in like um Romania and like he's, av- he's being an activist for something. Like he's priced himself out of the glory, so now he's just like doing the activism thing. Right, he was another guy who was, you know. But, uh, he was really, really fun to watch. It was really, you know, what was really funny. I, I saw a picture that he posted on Facebook, like a couple years ago, like at some random protest. And um, like Daniel Gia is, like, for those who don't know, Daniel Gia is a very scary man to look at. Yes, that is. <laughs> so, so he's a, a beast of a person. Yeah, he's literally like six, seven Daniel Gita standing over all these people with like this very serious look on his face. He looks like a monster, like just like a straight up monster out of freaking like like a, a, a horror show. 
It's oh, I remember now. He said he was gonna come back like a year ago. And he never did. Ah, uh, we'll see. I think he went. Hopefully, I, I think he was coming back to go fight in like China or something, and like the the deal he had never came through, where it was just not as much money as he thought he was gonna get. He's a fought like Hopefully. three years. Yeah, I'm gonna say yeah, it's, it's been it's been a while, but hey, we got we got Saki. Saki's gonna do work. Hopefully, Ho- hopefully he comes and we just get a nice, nice, nice dose of violence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess uh, that's pretty much it for tonight's show. Oh, um, one, if I... one thing. Oh, UFC two uh, twelve. Like we we oh, yeah, this, this weekend. It is this weekend. Um, I I don't think we gave enough. Uh, did we shout out Waldo Holloway? Nah, yeah, like this might be the best featherweight fight. This might be the best fight the UFC <laughs> can make right now. Right. Like, I, like on paper, it might be the best fight the UFC can make right now, regardless of division. Period. So, like, this is guaranteed violence. Just guaranteed violence. Like, just violence at the highest level, because these are two of like the legit top ten best strikers in all of MMA. Like across all divisions, and although argues is arguably the greatest striker in the MMA period ever, right? So, dude, that like th- this is worth your time and money and like attention, right? Because I'm especially. I'm ex- I mean, you got a, a champ who, I mean, aside from Connor, has pretty much been flawless. And Holloway, who's like just this young dude, just ripping through everybody, just like he's finally coming to his own, and this is the moment where we see if he can put it all together. Not to mention, Aldo said if he won the title, he's probably moving up. So that opens a whole world of possibilities. If he wins, Holloway, if he wins and defends, is probably going to move up eventually because he's freaking huge. And um, yeah, I. I like the narratives heading out of this fight are just as are not maybe not as interesting as the fight itself, but like there's stuff there to talk about. Right. And oh God, it's gonna be so good. It is. Like that 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 fight. If the rest of that card somehow sucks, that fight is just gonna bring so much life. <laughs> just so much. Just yeah, yeah. This is gonna be the best featherweight fight we've seen probably in a long, long, long time. Mendez, all those who I expected to actually be better. Right, yeah, so at least on par, so, something in in that range. Like, yeah, th- this should be an amazing, amazing fight. But um, yeah, that's that's coming up this weekend. So you guys already know. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, that that goes down Saturday. So we'll definitely be talking about that early next week. Um, I also will hopefully get around to recording some album reviews this weekend and i'll have those out early next week so we'll be back to regularly uh you know scheduled dropping dropping content hopefully pretty often um if you guys haven't already please like the facebook page just go to facebook type in dojo talk podcast hit the like button uh follow us on soundcloud i'll leave all of those good links in the description below um i have, I have yeah. a request for oh. your for your next album review all right let's, let's water hear. world three what about three? Who's this about? One below. Oh, okay. Um, 
I literally got an email. Um, is it Water World? Yeah, it's Water World Three. But um, is, oh, is it? Yeah. Have you ever heard Water World? I don't think I have, but I know who One Below is. But I'm, I don't think I've ever listened to Water World. Uh, I want to say I got an email from um, Bandcamp that said they dropped Water World Three. So all right. I'll definitely have to check that out because I actually am running on a shortage of albums. But yeah, more music is, is is definitely coming. I got some some stuff coming, and yeah, if you guys do have any recommendations, I uh, would definitely love to hear them. So music coming, fights coming, and as we always say, anytime people are getting punched and or kicked in the face, we'll be there to talk about it. And hopefully, we'll catch you guys soon. This has been another episode of the Dojo Talk Podcast, and we'll catch you guys later.